Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. The Dolphins become the first team in NFL history to win seven straight after starting the season losing seven straight from one and seven to number seven in the AFC. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN+. Plus. Courtney Cronin and Teron Davenport sitting in for Greeny on this Tuesday morning. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on Greeny will join us via the Goodyear hotline. We want you to be part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football bowl season is here. And the fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. The Dolphins churn this one out, a 20-3 win over the very injured and very COVID-affected New Orleans Saints. And that's where we start this morning. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. So, Teron, I learned a couple things from this game, and it's hard to evaluate Ian Book and where he stands, and we'll get into the Saints in a little bit. But I want to talk about this Dolphins team, where they stand in the AFC from where they started. Like, you and I were talking before the show, and you said that they remind you of another team that you've seen in previous years. Now they're 8-7. and seven. They're in the mix for the playoffs. If they win out, they are guaranteed a playoff spot. The remaining schedule, though? kind of tough. They go to face the Titans, a team that you cover for ESPN's NFL Nation, in Week 17, and then they uh, they end things with the Patriots in Miami in Week 18. Do you think that they get it done, given the way that we saw them play on Monday night, and also within this win streak? I really don't think they get it done, especially looking at the way they played on on Monday night. And I'll say this, even though they they have a seven-game win streak, I think when you go against some of these better defenses, a la the Titans, a la the Patriots, uh, Tua, he, he, he's going to struggle. And I still have my qualms with him. And th- there are times where you could give him a look pre-snap and then scramble it post-snap, and he has some trouble with that. One of the ones, uh, his interception he threw actually was an example of that. He, he tried to force it on a deep throw when he had the, the crosser across the middle of the field and he didn't take it. I still I don't trust Tua fully, and I don't think that franchise does either. So that right there is, is an issue for me. And then on top of that, you know, Jalen Waddle is an outstanding weapon for them, but that is pretty much all they have offensively. So I think if you lock in on, on, on trying to slow down Waddle and keep him from being effective, I, I think teams can beat that, that Dolphins team. Dolphins certainly found a way to get it done. They had nine players on the COVID-19 reserve list entering Monday night, but they did have one of their key playmakers. Teron mentioned it, Jalen Waddell, who is on on the on pace right now for rookie history is 96 catches, which is first among rookies and tied for first in the AFC, 941 yards. That's third among rookies and five touchdowns tied for third among all of the rookie receivers from the 2021 draft class with four consecutive games of eight or more receptions. He's now on track to break Anquan Bolden's rookie record in week 17 against the Tennessee Titans. Tua talked about Jalen Waddell's impact following the game and what he's on pace to do with the rest of the season. Let's take a listen. 
I'm not a genie, so I, I you know, I'm not going to say that I, I did foresee that uh, in, in Jalen's future, but I knew that he had a lot of potential, of course, just being able to play with him at Alabama and then uh, also the OTAs that we've had together and uh, leading up into training camp. You know, he's done a really good job. You know, you can just see his development um, within his understanding of coverages, uh, his understanding of getting open fast against man coverage uh, and then blitz man and so forth. So, you know, I think he's done a great job for us. And I did hear about his record. So congratulations to him. That was Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, who went 19 to 26, 198 yards through a touchdown and an interception in the 20 to 13, 20 to three win over the New Orleans Saints. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Teron Davenport sitting in for Greeny on this Tuesday. The Dolphins didn't need a whole ton of offensive production. Mm-hmm considering how undermanned that Saints defense was on Monday night, whether it's been injuries, whether it's been COVID. They had 20 players and coaches on the COVID-19 reserve list yesterday. They were literally signing guys off of the practice squad on Monday afternoon and fitting them for gear and getting numbers and jersey names put on the back and names put on the back of jerseys. Like, it's so unprecedented that it almost, like, you have to, like, just kind of throw up your hands around and be like, well, well, this is what we're dealt if we're the, if we're thinking from the New Orleans Saints perspective of just go out there and do your best. Like, I can't believe we're at this point with the New Orleans Saints this year, considering how ravaged they've been across the board. But then again, the Dolphins took no excuses. They took nothing for granted and they left nothing in doubt. When we talk about Jalen Waddell, I honestly think maybe the uh, MVP of the night is George Godsey, their offensive coordinator. You think about that third quarter where he was like mixing in some really creative play calls. They had the flea mm-hmm. flicker. Um, you know, the Saints had the challenge and they had that goal line call, which was that misdirection pass to Jalen yes. Waddell. Yes. That finally got them in the end zone. And I feel like that was kind of that key turning point, you know, and, and credit to George Godsey for getting them in that situation. Yeah, that was that gave them the cushion that they needed. And I, I tell you, I really like what Tua said about Jalen Waddle and his development and understanding of the game. Because one thing that you tend to see with these guys that are, are, are burners, you know, and, and Jalen Waddle, he has the juice. He has the jets. And a lot of times when these young guys, speed guys, get to the league, you can't really see that speed right away because – Everything is scrambling, and they're still trying to figure stuff out so they can't play as fast as, as their potential uh, offers. And, and now you see him starting to, to understand and that that speed is, is really showing. And I tell you what, that, that play you, you mentioned, that misdirection, that one right there, that could have been at the one-yard line and he would have scored because <laughs> it was just so wide open. And I'm talking about the, the opposing one-yard line. You, you know what I mean? And, and he could have scored. I love the way that they're using him, and it's only right when you have a player that has that much ability. I remember all those guys at Alabama were, mm-hmm. were together, and I remember talking to uh, Rashawn Evans and uh, the the uh, Titans linebacker who also played for Alabama, and I remember we had a back and forth for like 10, 15 minutes, and, I, and this was when Judy was there. I was still saying that Jalen Waddle was the best receiver Alabama had, and I'm just really glad that he's having this type of production because it shows that I was right. 
On the flip side of things, not <laughs> such a good debut for Ian Book, the Saints' yeah. four-string quarterback, 12 of 20, 135 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked eight times, including three on one drive in the fourth quarter alone. His family was there watching. By the end of the game, they were probably covering their eyes. Here's what he had to say about his rookie debut. Personally, got a lot to get better at. I'm excited to watch the film, uh, you know, get back on the drawing board, just get going. You know, you, we, we go on the sideline and we look at the look at the iPads and you see things in my mind already that I want back. Um, but it, it felt good to be out there. You know, I'm evaluating it. It's bad. We didn't score a touchdown, so can't win a game that way. That was Ian Book, the Saints quarterback after his NFL debut. Frankly speaking, he sounded a lot more positive than I would have expected a quarterback who got manhandled by that Miami defense. Like, Miami's got some dogs. But that is what I learned, again, last night from Monday Night Football. But it's tough, I think, to to really evaluate where Ian Book stands because how undermanned the Saints were and everything that he had to face going into this debut. He finds out late last week that he's the guy. They do reach out, apparently, to Drew Brees. He said, nah, I'm good on NBC, calling my games, and, you know, in retirement. But, man, Ian Book put up an effort, but certainly uh, one that he's going to want back. A really quick stat here. Our ESPN Saints reporter, Mike Triplett, put this out on social media yesterday from ESPN Stats and Information, Notre Dame quarterbacks, which Ian Book was uh, once They've now lost 23 straight starts in the NFL. You know, the last person to win a game in a start who played at Notre Dame? That was Brady Quinn, 2012 Mm. season against the Panthers in Week 13. Straight ahead, is Joe Burrow a top-five quarterback in the NFL? One of our ESPN NFL analysts thinks so. We'll get into that next. Off and running here on Greeny, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com today. Courtney Cronin, Teron Davenport sitting in for Greeny here on this Tuesday morning. Let's head out now to the Goodyear hotline where ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joins us. Goodyear with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. 
Mike, let's start with this Monday night football game. The Dolphins were 10-6 and six last year. They start 1-7, and seven, rattle off seven straight wins. They're now 8-7. and seven. If they win out, they make the postseason. And one person told me one time, I'm not sure if you ever heard this, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Brian Flores at the center of all of this. How, what kind of job do you think he's done, and what has he done specifically to turn this Dolphins team around? Yeah, great to be with you guys. Uh, look, he's done a really nice job um, in this day and age. If you're running any NFL team and you go through the losing streak they did, you know, there's going to be lots of rumors and eyeballs. It's just the nature of our business. And uh, he's done a nice job of keeping the team focused. And, you know, they've won a lot of winnable games that they should have won, the Jets, Giants. Uh, obviously, last night was a team that was decimated, but give him credit for keeping them focused. And um, we'll know a lot more about the Dolphins in two weeks as they have games against Tennessee and New England. Um, but give him credit for you know putting them in a position where they have a chance to play meaningful games. Tua is another figure that has been in the middle of this whole firestorm and turnaround that, that the Dolphins have had. Where are you as far as the evaluation process on him? Do you think he is a guy that has shown potential to be the quarterback of the future? Or should they look the direction of, of Deshaun Watson or some of these guys in the draft? Well, Toronto, as I'm sure you know, every Wednesday morning on ESPN.com, I have my weekly quarterback rankings. And I'm sure, as most Tuesday nights, you guys will be pulling an all-nighter, refreshing ESPN.com. So you can make sure that you're the first ones to see my rankings. So I would hate to bury the lead and tell you exactly where I have them. You know, so no, in all seriousness, I would say he's one of the many quarterbacks that I really struggle with. Um, You know, you could have watched that game last night. And if you're a Tua supporter, Teron, you're saying he's accurate. He's getting the ball out of his hands. He's getting the ball to his playmaker and Jalen Waddell. If you have concerns about Tua, and candidly, I still do, you would say that a lot of those plays were behind the line of scrimmage. George Gotsi and Eric Stoosville have done a great job of uh, scheming Jalen Waddle open. And I think he's like a lot of young quarterbacks where, you know, let's just give him a grade of incomplete and let's see him continue to develop. You know, he put the ball on the ground. They were able to recover the fumble. He had a key interception. Uh, but with that said, you know, they've won seven games in a row and he's the quarterback and deserves credit. So um, it's, it's hard to rank these guys. And, uh, you know, two is one of those guys that, there's very, very strong opinions about Tua for whatever reason on both sides about whether or not he is a franchise quarterback. Well, I know one guy that you have a very strong opinion about, and, and we've talked about him multiple times. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Ryan Tannehill and what your thoughts are in regards to how he's played this season, you know, without Julio Jones, without A.J. Brown a lot. And you see A.J. Brown come back and it's like, hey, listen, this is uh, the guy that, that they signed up for. So what are your thoughts on Tannehill? Yeah, you, you and I have talked about him a lot. You know, he's one of these guys that he's been a productive NFL starter when he was healthy. He led us to the playoffs in Miami. Um, he's done great things in Tennessee. And the thing maybe I like about Ryan the most candidly is the times he hasn't played well this year, he'll be the first one to say it. He, he's a selfless person with incredible leadership. And um, he's a better quarterback like most of them would be with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. I think they're a very high-ceiling team because – if they get everybody back, they're, they're going to be hard to beat. And specifically, the Buffalo Bills will not want to see them in the playoffs because Buffalo cannot stop the run. They couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor. Candidly, people don't realize New England averaged five and a half yards to carry this past Sunday. So they're a devastating matchup for the Buffalo Bills. And while they won't admit it publicly, I promise you, Buffalo is really hoping not to see Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor in the playoffs. Uh-huh. 
Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining Courtney Cronin and Teron Davenport here on Greeny. Let's stay in the AFC and head over to the AFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals, nine and six right now in the first place spot in the in their division. That was undoubtedly a big moment for them with the win that they had over a decimated Baltimore Ravens team. But nonetheless, how dangerous do you think this team can be in the postseason? They are. They're another high ceiling team because they have three front line receivers in, in Boyd, Higgins, and obviously the great young Jamar Chase. Nobody has three corners that can match up with that. So, what's really hard about what's going on in the NFL, to be candid, is you know Miami and Cincinnati deserve credit for big, big wins, but they were also playing teams that were absolutely decimated in Baltimore and New Orleans. But it's sort of as Coach Parcells would say, like nobody cares about excuses. It is what it is. Um, and I think if the three of us were having a conversation in another three weeks there may be another game or two that looks like what happened this past weekend. But Joe Burrow can make all the throws. He has great moxie, great arm strength. And I did a game a couple weeks ago when it was Cincinnati against Pittsburgh, and they were missing Joe Hayden. And T. Higgins just wore out the Steelers. And he'll throw it to the open guy. And because of that, they're going to be hard to beat in the playoffs. What about a team like the Browns? Right, They're, they're – just topsy-turvy. One week they look good, another week they don't. What are your thoughts on the Browns, and do you think that they're a team that could actually make a push for the playoffs? Yeah, this one's an easy one for me. Of all the ones that we talked about in the middle, like their quarterback's not good enough. He's not tall enough. He's not fast enough. He has a very good arm. He's accurate. Um, you can see why Cleveland would have taken him one overall. But the reality is, guys, it's physics and it's science. He ran four eight five coming out. He was faster than good college football players. He's not faster than good NFL defensive lineman. That's why he gets hit a lot. He gets bounced around a lot. And at the end of the day, he's not good enough. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, and I think they need need to make a change at the quarterback position. I was going to ask you about that. Using your front office acumen, how would you handle a situation with Baker Mayfield in 2022? Because we know that they still have other guys that they want to extend, and they put those, they prioritize those, like a Denzel Ward potentially, in front of Baker Mayfield. That's why he didn't get done this offseason. Do you give him a short-term extension? Do you franchise him? What's the plan, or what do you think they're going to do with him in 2022? Yeah, Cordy, I think you nailed it. I think Andrew Berry's done an amazing job there. They, They have a really good nucleus, and I would sign up as many of those guys, and they already have, you know, most notably Nick Chubb, but I would make sure that I get Denzel Ward signed. It's hard to find elite corners of his uh, ability, so that is something I would do first, second, and third. Look, they won some games with Case Keenum. We've seen guys like Colt McCoy play good football for Arizona. I'd rather have one of those guys at $20 million a year than pay Baker 40 and take that other $20 million and keep as much of that good young nucleus that you've amassed. You touched on Jonathan Taylor earlier, so I want to ask you about the Colts because this Colts team, they remind me of the 2019 uh, Titans just with how they're constructed and how they play. So when you look at Frank Reich and how he is getting the most out of Carson Wentz, do you feel that the Colts are are one of those teams that nobody wants to see, not just the Bills, nobody, period? Teron, I thought I was going to have to find you uh, where the question was going. I thought you were going to say that you should be in the mix of the MVP because – Running back should not be eligible for that discussion, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, they they are a talented team. They're they're another tough one for me, guys, because Carson Wentz at his best is really good. He made three throws in the fourth quarter against Arizona that were top flight in the pocket on the road. Really good throws that winning mm-hmm. NFL quarterbacks have to make, but we don't see that every week. So 
if we were the opposing defensive coordinator, we were going to sit, we'll say, hey, Colts, you're going to have to beat us left-handed. We're going to put 42 guys in the box. And Jonathan Taylor, you're not going to beat us today. And they're going to have to win consistently on the outside one-on-one. And I just don't know if Carson Wentz can do that for three consecutive games. So to me, while they're an intriguing team, I think they're slightly behind some of these others. Couple more minutes here with our ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joining Courtney Cronin and Teron Davenport on Greeny. Multiple reports surfacing the last couple days that the New York Giants are on pace to keep Joe Judge and quarterback Daniel Jones for the 2022 season. But that Dave Gettleman, who we've kind of known for a while, is probably nearing the end of his career and the end of his tenure with the New York Giants, that they're going to be searching for a new GM while keeping those other two pieces in place. Do you think that the Giants can turn things around rather quickly if they don't do a clean house approach and they just get a new GM? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I solved all their problems uh, on get up this morning. I had Russell Wilson as a New York Giant by noon, so they'll, <laughs> they'll be good to go. Um, I, I, I think they have a lot of, Really good young skill players, Kadarius Stoney, Kenny Galladay, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, obviously Saquon Barkley. So I would bring Daniel Jones back. I would not exercise the option. I think we've seen Carolina make that mistake. Bring in Sam Darnold, give him a shot, no problem there. But when they exercised the option, they took away $18 million of flexibility next year. If I'm the Giants, I'm bringing Daniel Jones back. And if he plays great guys, you have the franchise tag in your back pocket. But my speech to him is like, look, Daniel, there's going to be a whole bunch of competition. It may be Jimmy Garoppolo, Jameis Winston, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett in the draft. And if you're the best player who's smart, tough, durable, and doesn't turn the ball over, you're going to be here a really long time. Mm-hmm. But if you keep doing what you're doing, you're not going to be here very long because the best players are going to play, and you've lost the benefit of the doubt. So you're going to compete, and we'll see what happens. It feels like the obvious answer there is that they still need a little bit more time with Daniel Jones to truly evaluate whether he can be that franchise guy. One more quick one from me about the Giants. They're a team that's been built from like the outside in, and we know for years they've been trying to solve that conundrum they have with the offensive line. Where do you start considering they do have, I think it's right now, picks five and six in the draft. Like If you're not going quarterback, and this might not be the class to do it, do you go and get an offensive lineman right away with both of those picks, or is there another way you think they handle the draft? I would absolutely 100% do that. And I, um, ironically, my first year as a GM, I, I did the same thing. We drafted uh, DeBrickishaw first and Nick Mangold in the first round in 06, and they were foundational players for 10-plus years on a lot of really good football teams because if you can't block up front, nothing else matters. And, look, it's not the sexiest thing of, like, hey, we, we, we just took two offensive linemen. But if they're 10-year players and they become foundational pieces that allows your offense to use all these great weapons that you have, it'll be something that will feel really good about for years to come. Mike, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Click away tomorrow morning, guys. Really appreciate it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Quarterback tears. That is something Mike Tannenbaum is excellent at. You can be sure to check that out Wednesday mornings over on ESPN.com. He is Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us via the Goodyear hotline here on Greeny. Wendy's knows a better breakfast starts with a better biscuit. Get a light and flaky Wendy's breakfast biscuit with bacon or sausage, egg, and cheese. These hot and buttery treasures come stacked with oven-baked applewood smoked bacon or savory breakfast sausage with a fresh cracked 
cracked egg and cheese. So don't risk your biscuit someplace else. Get to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru during breakfast hours and get your Wendy's breakfast biscuits with sausage or bacon, egg, and cheese. Limited time only at participating U.S. Wendy's. Joe has the ball, drops back three steps. He fires, and it is caught by T. Higgins. Touchdown, Bengals. Hauls in Burrows. Fourth touchdown pass of the game. It's the first time in Joe Burrows' NFL career he's thrown four or more. Joey B had a big one in a win over the Baltimore Ravens in week 16. That call courtesy ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Our ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky ranked his top five quarterbacks on NFL Live earlier this week. Here is his list. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, and the aforementioned Joe Burrow. Do you agree with that list, Teron? I don't think Matthew Stafford belongs in in, in that That's list. That's what I thought. I mean, I was just like, am I crazy or am I reading the screen wrong to see that he had him third after watching and, what he did against the Minnesota Vikings team that I cover on Sunday? And and here's the thing. You know, if you know what's good for you, you get yourself a friend like Dan Olasky. He and, and, and Stafford, you know, they're close, so he's going to keep his guy in the <laughs> rankings. But the fact of the matter, and I said this last night uh, on uh, uh, Spain and Fitz, Matthew Stafford is a double agent. He plays for both teams. He will make good throws for you and good throws for the other team. And I can't have a guy that turns the football over at the rate that he does. I can't have that guy in in, in my lineup. He's not under center for me. I, I don't blame you. The way that he nearly gifted, he did everything but like deliver the gift to the Minnesota Vikings, throwing three interceptions in the game in week 16, 30-23 to 23 win over the Minnesota Vikings for the Los Angeles Rams. I know they're a playoff team. I know that they clinched a berth on Sunday. But to me, they are so vulnerable at that quarterback position, which is just crazy when you think about it because they sent the farm and yeah. Jared Goff to Detroit in order to get Matthew Stafford because he's supposed to be this transcendent talent, right? He was just hidden in the NFC North on a team that could never make the playoffs. And they thought maybe a fresh start down in Los Angeles with Sean McVay and all of the offensive weapons and a defensive, explosive defense that they have, that this would be enough to get them to the, play, to the playoffs to start and then make a push towards the Super Bowl. So I, I certainly believe that they are capable of doing that. But I don't think he's some transcendent talent that's able to will his team back into 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 a game when he's typically the reason that they lose these games. <laughs> think about that yeah. stretch yeah. against the Titans, against the San Francisco 49ers, where he's throwing pick sixes at yeah. a high clip and they lose games by double digits. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. And where's Josh Allen in that mix? Like, I know we get hot Josh Allen, we get cold Josh Allen, but they paid him $258 million in that extension in 2020 for him to be the Josh Allen that beat the that beat the New England Patriots in Week 16 to keep the Patriots from clinching the AFC East and, and keeping Buffalo's playoff hopes alive. Yeah, and you know, the thing that I respect the most about Josh Allen, because I will tell you, at Wyoming, I could not stand him as a prospect. Uh, DeMonte Casey made a living off of him in, in those uh, couple championship games, picking him off. What Josh Allen has done is very rare. He managed to become more accurate. Usually accuracy isn't something that, that you improve, but he improved it, and he's he's a, a very dynamic player. I really think that he should be in the mix 
as far as the, the top quarterbacks. Then on top of that, he is basically their best running back, too. So you get the true dual threat with him. Okay, so Joe Burrow is number five on this list, and rightfully so. He's making a late-season push for MVP. He's not going to win it. Don't go crazy on me and flood my mentions. But (laughs) the way that he's playing right now is incredible. He threw for 525 yards, and yes, the Ravens had 13 players practicing on defense last week. They're decimated. Their secondary has been decimated by injury and now because of COVID. So like Mike Tannenbaum said, when we talk about these teams, like the Dolphins, the win that they had over the Saints – Well, the Saints barely had any players. They were signing guys off the practice squad that morning. The Ravens in a similar situation where they were down to Josh Johnson as their quarterback because Lamar Jackson's still dealing with the ankle and um, Tyler Huntley was on the COVID list. But there's something to be said about the way that Joe Burrow is playing against the Ravens. It's apparently every – they should schedule them every single week. He's dominated them in the two meetings that they've had this season. But the receivers that he has, he's making good use – of this three-headed monster, Tyler Boyd, mm-hmm. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, they might be one of the more underlooked teams, maybe just because of their history in the postseason and under Marvin Lewis, they seem to get there, and then they can't ever get out of the first round of the playoffs. But I think that they are a legitimate team, a legitimate power right now in the AFC, and it all starts at that quarterback position. Yeah, and it's time to buy into the Bengals because in addition to that three-headed receiving monster, they have a receiver out of the backfield in Joe Mixon, who also is a 1,000-yard rusher. So I think when you look at all this and you got J- Joe Burrow, I almost called him Joe Cool because he, like, he's a real cool dude. Like He's one of those he dudes. Like I would take him in the hood and, and be like, he, he's going to be all right. You know what I mean? Just because of the fact, like, he doesn't try to be cool. He's just naturally cool. And those are the type of guys that you want leading your team, especially, you know, when the, the stuff is against the fan and, and and you need a drive to win. He's a guy that is not going to be all nervous and, and, and out of character. He's going to continue to be the cool cat that he is. And I think that is, is really calming and soothing for the huddle so you have that and then on top I mean all the weapons you know the connection that he already had with Chase has just carried over and those two guys have really tore it up and there's so many weapons on that team and they are somebody to to definitely uh, be careful with yeah and I mean you have to think about what he did in that win over the Ravens on Sunday like the game was out of control late and he's still throwing bombs under two <laughs> minutes to go. They're up 41-21. That was and personal. he launches that deep pass to Joe Mixon down near the goal line. He's okay with that. And, and that's what I'm okay with. That's the confidence that you want in your quarterback where I'm not taking my foot off the gas at any point. Like, I know that we've already won this game. I know that we've dominated this team. The Ravens are dejected. They just want to get out of here and go home. But, no, I'm going to make you remember who I am. Mm-hmm. So the next time this week, this name? whole What's thing comes around, <laughs> in the conversation, you know where you're going to put me. And certainly in Dan Orlovsky's top five quarterback list, Joe Burrow made a big enough impression, not just in this game where he threw for 525 yards, but throughout really the last couple weeks for this Baltimore, for this Bengals team. I mean, we've been so hot and cold on them, I think, in the 2021 season to know, hey, hot start, what are they, 5-1? and one? Are they legit? Are they for real? Are they a team that we can trust down the stretch? Because there have been Bengals teams in the past where we haven't been able to do that, where we've bought in way too early, but it feels like we're buying in at the right time, 
and they're for real. They're in the first place of their division right now, and they are marching on towards the playoffs. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free, so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Straight ahead, one NBA All-Star apparently spent his nights as a rookie sleeping in a really unique place. We'll tell you where that is next after this from AutoZone. AutoZone has free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by their free AutoZone Fix Finder service is verified by data from over 5.5 million ASE certified technicians. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Get the job done. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. More Greeny coming up next. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Teron Davenport sitting in for Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet is hurt in a car accident, Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses with free pet coverage. Visit Progressive.com. So usually Greeny, when he sits in, does this segment where we listen to some interesting people say some interesting things. Let's start out here with Bill Belichick following the loss to the Buffalo Bills this week. Here's what he had to say when asked a uh, pretty interesting (laughs) question. Hi, um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. Okay, so that was Bill Belichick uh, handling that probably as diplomatically as he could. This is the same Bill Belichick, mind you. I want to memorialize the moment that happened last Monday, Tehran, December 20th, 2021, in the year of our Lord, where he apologized to reporters for 
apparently he thought he came off a little Tony after the loss to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, are we seeing a new Bill Belichick? Granted, like, he's usually very monotone, but that answer right there, no, I, I, I don't. Um, we just we just lost the game. We just lost out on our chance to win and clinch the AFC East. Uh, but you're going to ask me about New Year's resolutions. The level of strain in his voice was just hilarious to me. <laughs> That's what I can't stop laughing about. But he did an excellent job not blasting that young lady for a, a very bad question. Yeah, uh, timing is everything. Apparently that was one of the first questions asked, if not the first question, uh, if I understand that correctly. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, Bill Bill Belichick showing some restraint. The New England Patriots lost to the Buffalo Bills 33-21 in Week 16. And apparently some fans are not happy with the direction that this team is going. I don't know if they forget that Bill Belichick coached them to a lot of Super Bowls in the past and they're still a playoff contender. Here's what a caller had to say on WEEI in Boston earlier this week about Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Are you serious with this? You think the Patriots need a new what? Listen. The Patriots, the, the, the rookie wall, there's no such thing as a rookie wall with this kid. He's got a rag arm. He couldn't throw in that windstorm. The other guy threw the ball all over the park and then yesterday proved it. Receivers, no receivers. Skill players, no skill receivers. The kid playing quarterback ain't our future. The future of the NFL is over in Buffalo. That guy, six foot four, 230, runs right by you, throws it 90 yards. And the other thing I want to say is Belichick hasn't won butt kiss without Tom Brady. So to, to be overinflated on this Bill Belichick, great defense, let's run the ball. Yeah, Bill Parcells did that back in the 80s. So that, is that where we're going here with this team? Come on, it's over. Okay, AFC so goes I... through Buffalo for 20 years, not us. It's over. It's You're over. Cincinnati. Um, so I learned a few things here. Arm is spelled A-H-M. Pac is spelled P-A-H-K, and Yads is spelled Y-A-H-D-S. I have a friend from Boston who told me that the R is not in the – it's not in the like the alphabet for them. Like you just replace A-H, that's like your R sound if you were from Boston, and that was quintessential Boston sports talk radio. I mean, hats off to W-E-E-I for taking that caller, but – what? Like, he hasn't won anything without Tom Brady yet. It's been two years, and this team was in line to lock up the AFC East this weekend. last weekend. They didn't. They still have a chance to do it. The Bills are 9-6. and six. The Patriots are 9-6. and six. I understand Mac Jones had a rough game. He's a rookie, Teron. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I think old, old boy was, uh, you know, doing a little bit of booze and sipping back on Grandpa's old cough medicine. That's how I I, <laughs> I, I reconcile that call that he had because, you know, and that just goes to show you just the, how spoiled a lot of these uh, Patriots fans are. I mean, you, yeah. you get two years of, of not being championship level and, and, and here you go. All of a sudden it's time to cancel Bill Belichick, which is a moronic statement given what he's done for that organization yeah. and, and taking them, you know, from where they they were to, to this point where now they're an NFL mm-hmm. icon. So, All right, yeah, real that's quick. crazy. I want to get to Gilbert Arenas, former NBA guard. After spending all of the money he had in his rookie deal before playing a game, he says he was broke. And then he talked about his life as a rookie. Take a listen. I'm sitting on the bench, not playing, not getting any time, not practicing, don't have no money. I can, you know, I can spend it all. Yeah, I spent it all. So when I when they did my budget, 
I can only spend five hundred dollars a month for you know that's gas <laughs> mag, gas money, girlfriend, two dogs. Like I, I don't, I don't right. have any money, right. so Did I you- couldn't even drive. I couldn't even drive back and forth to the arena. Yeah. So I had to stay at the arena sometimes. You slept in the I arena. I slept in the arena. A professional NBA player. Slept in the so arena. Sleep was basically homeless. Basically, take yeah. me back to the park yeah. games. Yeah. Again. I'm basically homeless. <laughs> right. But I just couldn't afford the gas all the time. Oh, my gosh. Gilbert Arenas, courtesy of Plaid TV. Yikes. We have to get into this next. Coming up next here, Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.